In these unprecedented times, we need effective immune support. That's why I'm excited to introduce two formulas that work, CV Defense and CV Acute. There's nothing quite like them. CV Defense is a daily preventative. The only supplement that delivers the six most important ingredients to optimize your immune function, including PEA, a critical molecule for long-term immunity at the cellular level. CV Acute is a fast-acting, great-tasting syrup for direct immune activation. It eliminates invaders with a fruit flower and root of patented Chinese medicine. I take it when I feel run down to fend off respiratory infections. Both products are safe, all-natural, and backed by numerous clinical trials. For more information and to order, go to TotalImmuneHealth.com and take advantage of discounts from 30 to 50% just for listening to Intelligent Medicine. That's TotalImmuneHealth.com. TotalImmuneHealth.com for the most exciting immune support products in years. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest is Christian Conti. He's uh, a psychologist, and uh, he is also uh, someone who is a level five anger management specialist. There's a certification for anger management. That's the highest level possible. It's like a black belt in anger management. (laughs) (laughs) He's also the creator of something called yield theory, which is a powerful approach to change. And uh, he also uh, currently offering uh, his real world anger management program. It's available now on him on the Himalaya learning platform. You can go to Himalaya.com slash anger and enter promo code anger to get your first 14 days free. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I want to switch gears a little bit because I came across an article. Uh, made me think of you. Hollywood reporter. They report on uh, media and entertainment. Uh, how rage coaches are helping Hollywood take on powerful jerks. Companies are increasingly turning to career advisors who specialize in curtailing workplace bullies. The sun is setting on them. You know, there is a change in climate because you used to, I mean, uh, I remember during my medical training way back when, when, um, you know, we used to take, we used to take a lot of flack. We used to take a lot of abuse. If you got the wrong answer or if you were slow in coming up with a, a diagnosis during rounds, uh, you, you know, some of the more sadistic attendings, uh, and they were notorious. You know, we feared them. Uh, their teaching tool was to Im- humiliate us and embarrass us. Um, what are, are you involved at all in, in working in workplaces to deal with some of these issues? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I feel beyond blessed because I have this kind of an interesting career where I work with people in all walks of life. I work with people in Hollywood, some pretty high ranking government officials. I work with some of the best athletes in the world. Here's what I see. And it's funny because when I look at information, I don't look at it as good or bad, right or wrong. I just look at it as giving us information. And I also came from a background where I remember playing in a high school football in front of 5,000 fans where a coach would cuss me out if I did something wrong. That's like part of the ethos of sports. You know that, right? That's the way it was. Yes. And so, and and, you know, and I think so part of the information is 
Could I have been more effective had he found a different way to approach? Maybe. But also, I think it kind of built some resilience in yep. me. It built me saying, you know, tough skin. Like, mm-hmm. listen, you can cuss me out in front of everybody, and I'm okay. I'm, You're I'm a no snowflake. That. You're no snowflake. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of grew up with the background of, like, I got picked on when I was younger. I'm six feet, 250-pound guy. I'm probably pretty scary looking to a lot of people. But when I was younger, I mean, I was bullied and all that stuff. But I feel like all of that built me. It built who mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm not advocating people go out and bully, not in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. But I am saying that let's let's not look at it like it's the end of the world if somebody is going through a tough moment. Because I think that comes from us believing that people are – too soft and they can't handle tough moments. And I say, look, those tough moments, you could use those to develop character yeah, strength. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That could drive you to want to study more, uh, work out more, be better at whatever you do. So I don't really like looking at people saying, well, if you're being picked on, then that's, those people are horrible and terrible. Maybe you need that because that's what you, that's where you are in your development right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's a good response because – you know, in our effort to uh, shield uh, our young people uh, and people in the workplace from uh, all manner of uh, criticism and, uh, you know, we call it abuse or call it criticism or call it, uh, you know, pushback. Uh, you know, I think people are becoming less resilient and, you know, there's a sort of a hypersensitivity. Uh, you know, people are talking about microaggressions. My goodness, I suffered from some uh, real aggressions growing up. And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. have to have, yeah, the, have the scars to, to, to prove it, you know. It's hard, yeah. When you and I, for our generation to have the physical scars on our body, for someone to talk about microaggressions, it can be pretty challenging for sure um, because you know what real aggression is. And, I, and look, I, I, again, I'm all for kindness. Like I, I'm a practicing Zen Buddhist. I believe in kindness. I believe in leading with compassion. I just think there's a balance of not – uh, of not falling apart if someone's I do I developed this whole system of, of helping deliver feedback to people called yield theory and it's all about mm-hmm. circumventing the fight or flight response mm-hmm. but at the end of the day if we don't get feedback how are we going to grow how are we going to grow if all we ever hear is oh you're wonderful and perfect no matter whatever you said it's perfect that's not reality and what I hear is a lot of what's called the I call it the yes but game like, oh, yes, I know I'm supposed to take feedback, and then, but I, he said it meanly or she said it meanly. Mm-hmm. How about this? It's feedback. Like, it's okay for you to sit with feedback. It's okay to sit in uncomfortable feelings mm-hmm. and realize that's not the end of the world. Like, you're not going to die from uncomfortable feelings. And I think it, we're, we're doing the world a disservice when we stop allowing feedback. I mean, I really don't think that's a, a, a good direction for us to go. And, and that extends to parenting, too. Uh, you know, I think uh, all too often, I think parents want to be, you know, the collegial with their kids, their kids' friends, you know, but there's a time and a place for pushback and for setting limits. Well, setting limits is huge. I mean, so my four C's of parenting are choices, consequences, consistency, and compassion. In other words, your kids have a choice, listen to you, don't listen to you. There's going to be a consequence, good, bad right or wrong or whatever. And then consistency. If you say it, you got to follow through, but you can do it with compassion. But here's what I mean. Here's a, here's a way to develop some of that resilience in children. Let's say your child forgets to study for a test and they're upset. So maybe they come home and they say, well, I didn't study for this test and blah, blah, blah. Listen, I'm not getting you out of that feeling. Sit with that feeling. Let it be mm-hmm. uncomfortable mm-hmm. and let that feeling drive you to never not study for a test again. 
but it's okay to sit with your children and be like, listen, I'm sure this is really uncomfortable right now. I'm not going to take away that uncomfortable feeling. Like sit with it. It probably sucks. But let that teach you for the future. But if we take away the lesson, how are we going to help our children learn? It just doesn't, I, you know, I mean, that's why they call it the greatest generation for like my grandfather, his generation, like they, my grandfather once told me about, you know, he was in Japan. He said, we're watching bombs fall. He said, we're sitting under this tree. My buddy and I were taking turns who could stay awake. We're up to our waist in water. So if we fell, we both fell asleep, we're going to drown. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we would eat. He's like, he would get mad if I didn't eat like broccoli or something when I was a little kid. He'd be like, listen, I would eat the bark off that tree. Like if you're hungry, <laughs> he's like, that generation was just tough. And could you imagine someone giving them feedback and them saying they were offended? They wouldn't be offended by anything. So I, I, I think that's a, I, I think it's a disservice to young people to empower and enable them to be offended by everything. How about let's not take everything so personally. Indeed. That was well said. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to today's guest, Dr. Christian Conte. How about some tips for re-entry? Because I have in my hands here uh, a psychological instrument. You know, there's psychological questionnaires that are designed to ascertain whether you're uh, depressed or anxious or suffering from OCD or whatever. You know, this is a COVID-19 anxiety syndrome scale, and it is a psychometric scale uh, developed in tw last year in 2020 by a couple of researchers. Uh, and what you do is you score yourself on the scale. Uh, you get a zero for not at all. Rarely you have a feeling it's get a one. Several days it's two. More than seven days it's three. And nearly every day you get a four. So you get a, you, the higher the score, the more, the higher you are in the COVID-19 anxiety syndrome scales. Here's some of the questions. I have avoided using public transport because of the fear of contracting coronavirus. A corollary to that is I have avoided using public transport because of the fear of getting slashed with a knife. That's my take on it from here in New York. Uh, <laughs> I have checked myself for symptoms of coronavirus. Who hasn't done that? It's like, I've, you know, got, hmm, I'm a little tired today. I got a little scratchy throat. <laughs> you know, I'm rubbing my eyes. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I've got it. Uh, yeah. I have gone. I have avoided going out to public places, shops, parks, because of the fear of contracting coronavirus. That's universal. And on and on it goes. <laughs> and then, of course, I have read about news relating to coronavirus at the cost of engaging in work, such as writing emails, working on Word documents or spreadsheets. It's a, it's a questionnaire. 
that, you know, I'm pretty sure the majority of us would score pretty high on. So how do we, how do we reemerge? How do we reenter? I, you know, I think the thing I try to make people aware of is called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias occurs. I know you know this, but for our listeners, mm-hmm. it occurs when you look for information to confirm what you already know. So if you're afraid, you're going to just seek out information that confirms that. And if you're not afraid, you'll do that too. Mm-hmm. So instead of that's that, denial. Recognize- that's denial. It's so so we're like yeah. It's the pol- the poles are like obsession, you know, f- fear and obsession versus utter flagrant denial and neither neither are are healthy attitudes right neither one it's it's about balance it's about balance but i think this confirmation bias is pretty powerful it's a it's a huge personal growth learning moment when people can recognize oh wait 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 i kind of looked for that oh yeah i looked for that so if you want to see something as scary when you leave your house my gosh you could see anything as scary but at the same time, if you leave your house and you say, you know, I'm going to be good, I'll be all right, you'll find that too. So be mindful of what you tell yourself you're going to find because you will find it. And I think one of the great exercises for people to do is to start to recognize before they leave. So just figure out whatever your personal, whatever your confirmation bias is before you leave, this is what's going to happen today. You know, I'm going to get stuck in a line and then look for that because once you get – maybe there are only two people in front of you. You go, see, I'm stuck in this line. <laughs> but once you realize it for the first time, it's kind of like a light bulb going off and you can't unsee it. So you're like, oh, wow. If I if I tucked myself into thinking there was a line when I only had two people in front of me, then maybe I'm talking myself into other things. And it's just kind of the gate that opens up the door to saying – oh, maybe I am being directed a little bit more by my confirmation bias than I mm-hmm. think. And, of course, those who go into in-depth studies of themselves recognize, well, we we use confirmation bias a whole lot every day. Um, and once you re- want to learn to look for it, you can be very freeing because then you can really genuinely – look, this is passion of mine. I tell people all the time when they, they're throwing out science, and this is funny because during this mm-hmm. pandemic, people are throwing out – Follow the science. Unquote, science. Follow the follow science. The science. Right. Yeah, follow the science. Meanwhile, the science is whatever they want to look for. Right. They're, they're <laughs> it's like, who's science? Evidence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because right. there's scientific evidence saying it's not as deadly. There's scientific mm-hmm. – whatever you want it to be, there's mm-hmm. scientific mm-hmm. evidence mm-hmm. for. And, uh, and I think the guys like you and me who've gone through school and watched – I mean, look, I hate I, – I really hate to just pull the curtain down for a lot of people, but I have colleagues and peers who I disheartenedly watched skew their data. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, well, this is exactly what I'm looking for, and that's what they wanted to find, and so they found it. And they weren't using good, solid principles, but then they publish it, and people go, oh, well, then that must be definitive. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. So well, you know, I, th- I, think, that, I, I think in this field and, and you know, in your field of psychiatry, psychology, uh, there is a, a negativity bias. Uh, by that, I mean, you know, uh, doctors are heavily penalized for missing disease. We, we seek out disease and uh, public health officials. Their job is to eradicate disease. That's when they shine. That's when they, you know, capture the attention of the public with dire predictions and as if they are materially affecting the outcome. Uh, similarly, the media has a an extreme negativity bias. I mean, you know, like, when do you hear a good news story? Sometimes they throw it in as a token story. But it's usually, you know, they go through a litany of if it bleeds, it leads. 
Um, <laughs> and and similarly, uh, I think politicians also have a negativity bias. So we're, um, you know, you say confirmation bias. We are immersed in negativity bias. We're looking for uh, bad outcomes. I mean, I, I guess as a physician, it's good to, you know, somebody has a headache and, you know, you, you want to rule out a brain tumor. You want to rule out, uh, you know, an aneurysm. Uh, that's the way we were trained. But that's also uh, an ethos that that permeates medicine and public health. It's, I mean, I think that's one that I hope your listeners can really hear and take into heart what you just said. Because, look, I, I happen to work with people who are in television. And, you know, because of confidentiality and the role I play, I, you know, I can't say who or where or when. But I can tell you this, that people make a living off whether or not others tune in to what they're, <laughs> what they're writing, what yep. they're putting on TV, how they're editing it. People tune into it so they can get you fired up if they can get you afraid. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go, oh, no. So here's a real common rule. When I trained counselors for about a decade, and what I would tell counselors was this. You're not there to tell people what to do. And they'd be like, well, I'm good at giving advice. I should be a counselor. <laughs> no, no, no. Because if you tell people what to do and it goes well, guess what? You just made them dependent on yeah. you. And you tell them what to do and it doesn't go well. Now they blame you for their own actions. Right. So either way, it's not good. But what I say is, listen, if, if they tell them what to do and it goes well, they're dependent on you. Think about that with the news. If I make you afraid and you're like, oh, no, what do I do next? And I and I get you to be dependent on me, then I have to keep coming up with stuff. Yeah. And just the way if you've ever – if anybody out there has ever drank uh, – had alcohol and you have to have more after time, it's called tolerance with mm -hmm. alcohol. And that's mm -hmm. an easy thing to understand for a lot of people. But the same thing happens with psychological tolerance. So let's say you have so much fear and you go, well, now they start upping the fear more. That's why, mo that's why every movie sequel has more sex, more blood, more <laughs> right. blow-ups right. because they have to get you to tune in. Yeah. You know, it, it's very true. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I think it, it's, it's almost like we're hooked on, you know, the, the fear and apprehension, you know, how riveted we were to our TV sets to see the death toll, uh, and to, you know, see the, the, the pandemic map, uh, you know, and, and it's going to be hard to let go. It is. And, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I, and I think about moments like there was a moment I was talking to someone whose job it was to come up with a narrative and they were talking to me about it and they're like, you know, well, maybe if I said, maybe if I used my influence to say, what if we did more? Like, what if we put on two masks, then people at least wear one mask. And then when I watched that actually become a story, I, I kind of blew my mind. I was mm -hmm. like, that actually germinated in someone's mind that said, how do I get people to wear a mask? I'll tell them wear two masks. And then I'll be like, oh, no big deal. Just wear one. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm just going to be balanced out. I'll just wear one. I'm not going to wear two or three or four. You know, and it just gets silly when you start to see yeah, it. Yeah, but and there's collateral damage when you when you do stuff like that, you know, because people take it very is. seriously. There is. There is. That's why, again, I, I constantly remind people, at least my listeners, my shows, I'm like, think for yourself. Like, even what I say, like, maybe what I say is a bunch of BS. Like, I, I'm cool with that. Like, whatever I say, I'm giving you my best. But at the end of the day, it's my perspective. And there are other perspectives. So take it with a grain of salt. You you have a series of uh, videos that are available to the general public. Uh, they're very interesting. And you, you, pub, you post them on social media, but they're also available uh, via uh, the... Um YouTube. YouTube, right? Yeah, I do YouTube. I, YouTube is one of my free resources for people. So, uh, look, I, I keep coming back to that. I, it's crazy to me 
we have about a hundred thousand subscribers, people all over the world. It's fascinating to me, but I, I keep I keep them coming. So I, I I offer free mental health resources through my YouTube channel. I just try to make videos on life, try to help people gain a little bit more insight. What are some of the topics that you've touched upon recently? Oh my goodness, I do. I, I did one recently called uh, "You Are Not a Pink Elephant." This is <laughs> this hmm? is applicable, especially if anybody out there has children and they're getting picked on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell young people all the time. I say, "Listen, you are not. If I called you a pink elephant, would you get mad?" I did this with a young man. I'll tell you the mm-hmm. original story. Mm-hmm. He was getting real mad. Somebody called him names. I said, "If I called you a pink elephant, would you get mad?" He said, "No." Mm-hmm. I said, "Why not?" He said, "That's stupid." Mm-hmm. I said, "So you're not a pink elephant?" He said, "No." I said, so you know you're not a pink elephant, so you don't get mad, and you know you're not all these other things people are calling you, so why do you get mad at those? He was like, I guess I never thought of it like that. So we started using that as a technique, like you are not a pink elephant, so you're not that, and you're also not anything else you're not. And uh, I just put up a YouTube video about that, I think, recently. I'm not sure what my recent one was, but it's – yeah, I try to do that. I just try to help people understand how to connect with communication and things like that, anger, a lot of stuff on anger. I got a little parenting video on 10 ways to discipline your children. It has, I think, over a million views on that one. So bunch of bunch of stuff, just Dr. Christian Conti on YouTube, and people can get something that works for them. How does your uh, Buddhist perspective work into this? I mean, you're not a proselytizer. You're not trying to convert uh, people to you know go to an ashram or to go to a monastery or something. But it's provided you with insights on on how to. I mean, it, it's interesting because you apply these principles in dealing with the most hardened criminals. Uh, and it, it, it's not like you come in and say, "Oh, you know, let me let me teach you uh, how to chant." <laughs> right? You know, that's not how right, you right, right. utilize exactly. it exactly. Exactly. Not at all. Because I look, I, look, it works for me, but it, whether it works for somebody else or not, that's up to them. But I think one of the greatest things that I learned from the teachings of the Buddha was non-attachment. I mean, look, not we, we know we're not our things, our material things. So if you have a watch you like and you lose that watch, you're not less of a person. You, you might miss your watch, but you're not less of a human being. And you know you're not your physical things. But you're also not your thoughts. Like it's funny because I, I'm a professional speaker. I go all over to speak, and where wherever I've gone for the last 15 years to speak, I ask audiences. I'll say, "How many of you believe you still have more to learn?" And in all my time, I've never had not one hand go up. Every hand goes up. Mm-hmm. So everyone believes they have more to learn. But the funny thing is, to me, is why if we believe we have more to learn. Do we get upset or defensive when someone has a different perspective from us? If we have more to learn, then wouldn't we be like, oh, well, maybe you have a different perspective for a reason? Mm-hmm. And so I think the more non-attached we can be, not just to our physical material possessions, but also to our thoughts and be open to learning, um, I think that's really where it is. And and the reason why I don't uh, proselytize and tell people, hey, jump into Buddhism. Even Buddha said, look, maybe this should last like 500 years at most. And and he, he taught what's called the soap of the teachings. And this is a pretty cool lesson. Mm-hmm. But if you wash your clothes, you, you know, you got to put soap on them, get them all clean. But then you have to rinse that soap off. And it's analogous to if you had to take a trip up a mountain, but you had to cross a river first, you might take a boat across that river. But you're not going to carry that boat up the mountain. It's, the boat served its purpose. It helped you get across that river. Mm-hmm. But then you have to let go of it. And no matter what you what teachings apply to you or what you like, eventually those teachings you have to shed and ultimately go inward. And that's really the challenge for all of us. No matter what – there's so much information out there in the world. I think that's a good thing because now people can't rely on – well. 
MSN must tell me what to think or Fox must tell me what to think. It's got to be, I need to figure out for myself, what do I think? There's a lot of information. What do I think? And I think that can be a really positive thing because we are all much more capable than what I think we give ourselves credit for. Well, that's an, an optimistic view of uh, how we can uh, unravel from the current lockdown. Uh, lots of wisdom in what you've been sharing with our audience. And you can find out and more. I, like, yeah, I was going to tell you one final thought. And I'd sure. say this. As people are coming out of the pandemic, be patient that the world doesn't have to be what you think it should be. Mm -hmm. Because anytime you use the word should, that's a cartoon world thought. A cartoon world thought is, this is how the world should be. And you might have wonderful, logical perspectives. But at the end of the day, if that's not what's happening, that's not the reality. That's not the real world. So be mindful to put your shoulds aside and meet people where they are and be a little patient with people. I think that can be real helpful coming out of this pandemic if people just increase their patience. And throughout history, humans have navigated uh, even more formidable crises, crises that uh, really were existential threats. Uh, and yet we've come out of them, uh, and it's taken a while sometimes to erase uh, the scars, uh, you know, the emotional impressions that these events have made on us. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we heal. Healing can happen. So, one under definitely. Yep, good stuff. All right. So, uh, resources uh, find uh, Dr. Christian Conti on YouTube. Uh, also, he's got a real world anger management program that's uh, available to you if you enter the promo code ANGER. It's on the Himalaya learning platform, Himalaya.com slash anger. You get your first 14 days free uh, if you, um, understandably, <laughs> suffering from anger and frustration. <laughs> uh, you're entitled. It's been rough. <laughs> Let, you know, go easy on yourself because, uh, you know, we've all been through a rather traumatic past few months. Uh, <laughs> we'll, ho you know, hopefully when uh, we reprise this in a few months, you know, we'll be making some progress towards normalization. We'll uh, get a progress report from you. Then. <laughs> Definitely. I always enjoy being on your show. I mean, I, I think the world of you, it's, it's, I love listening to you even if I'm not on your show. So it's great to be here. Well, I really enjoy talking to you as well. Dr. Christian Cotty, thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. That's drhoffmanstore.com, drhoffmanstore.com.